shoot and scoot, the flames of war, Team Yankee, fate of a nation, Nam, the Great War Podcast that tries to make sense of the wonderful world of 15 minutes of war game. With our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our panders flat to the ground, and our dice more often than not fading to scoot every episode. This particular episode has been delayed due to a fault of our Enigma decryption machine, so let me quickly pass you over to our to your host, Ben Davy, recording somewhere in the south of England. Um well he wants to he wants to fire off first. So many T thirty fours. There you go. What was that then? <laughs> Just all of them. But they're done. But are they done? Yeah, there's the question. They are done, just without a capital at the end of the done. A what? So, capital at the end of the done? Yeah, full stop. Sorry, <laughs> not a capital. Like yeah. Canberra. Dunny. <laughs> Doon. Um, no, just... Uh, <laughs> they, they're painted. They're tabletop ready. The only thing I haven't finished on them is the unit markings. Because um, I started to freehand triangles <laughs> on three of them oh lord oh so that's like 10% um, like of them so well yeah and then I realised what am I doing I have an airbrush um, so tomorrow I am going to make up some very easy masks and just airbrush on the basic geometric shapes that they used the T-34s um, which is technically a day after the deadline a few days after the as soon as you had 30 of them, I think we'll let you off. 30, well, 30, I, no, I no, no, Lee, we've got to, Lee, we've got to play against this. They need to be in reserve. There's half a chance. <laughs> all, all of them. <laughs> yeah. All 36 of them. 36. Well, three of them, three of them are done. He just said that, so. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fine, because then they'll be easier to break. There's only three of them. Easier to break. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually on holiday uh, in a week. Going out to Uganda to go see my lady. Um, it's super exciting. However, it's going to take away some valuable hobby time. Uh, so I'm going to be nice to myself next month, I think, and just do the uh, the eleven, just the eleven T thirty four T fifty four. So nice. <laughs> take a break by only painting eleven times. That's quite a month here. Yeah. Um, so Duncan, what have you been up to? My fellow Egyptian? Uh, <laughs> the pharaohs. Uh, I've finished the Thunderbolts, which I was slightly amazed by, actually. That was that was easier than I thought it was going to be, um, which is saying something. And I've also got the artillery and uh, hails done. Awesome. And the observer. Um, yeah, and I've, uh, I'm just looking at the, whatchamacallum, IS-3s. They're all looking at me now, and some uh, PT76s. So they're for next month. So the the Thunderbolt painting guide's up. Um, that's up on the blog. Um, I think the variety in the pack, actually, I think I said this last time, actually did help quite a lot. The fact that they weren't all just riflemen, that there was, you know, six stands of this and six stands of something else and three saggers and all that kind of stuff. So um, that definitely helped break up them. You know the monotony of painting infantry. I think, um, but yeah, I've been aside from that. I've painted up my uh, some other bits and pieces, but we'll probably go over those later. But that's that's kind of it for the fate of the nation stuff. Apart from I got some stuff from actually thinking about it from uh, Adam at Dice of War that arrived. So I've got my uh, super sexy card uh, holder and my Egyptian dice. Yeah, dice ready to roll ones. That's what I do. <laughs> 
Although he has assured me that, you know, that uh, these particular dice will only roll sixes. I think that's part of his pattern now, though. Oh, yes, these these dice. Oh, no, they're a special batch. They're, they're misprints. They've got six on they're, six sides. Exactly. <laughs> but no, they, they look really nice. And um, actually, I was, I was putting the cards that I needed for my army in um, to, the, to the folder, to the little wallet thing. Yeah. And you don't often get a lot of cards in that um, army yeah, box thing. It, I know it's all of them, but and you look at it and go, oh, that's a lot of cards. But actually, when I was, you know, 100 point army, I think I used like a dozen cards, and there's 90% of them still stuck in the box. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the sort of bits I've been up to for Fate of Nation, really. That and researching destroyed IS3s and other bits like that. Getting on lots of internet watch lists. Getting on <laughs> all the internet watch lists in the world. Uh, yeah. And so it's sort of um, speculating on T72 camera followers, which is a bit a bit odd. <laughs> T72 camera? What? T62 camera. Oh, so uh, whether it was hard edge, soft edge, um, best oh, way to God, paint it, yes. colours. Yeah. It seems that there's no, there's no, well, like anything, it, I don't know if you guys have found this as well, but finding sort of hard fact about this these engagements is, is sometimes a bit tricky. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Both sides obviously kept there a lot of secrecies. Never really, none of them are really particularly open. Like you know, we are so you have like a after like fifty years, it all gets declassified kind of thing. Yeah. So you, it really is a pain. It's like I'm to go for Osprey books, you know, whatever I can find on the net. My dad's old books are pretty much contemporary to it, which is like the worst possible source because nothing out there. <laughs> so it's yeah. like yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's odd. It's like cool. the battle, battle of cactus farmers with some. Um, Garth and I have been discussing I'm trying to find any kind of layout of what that um, it's like a, it was basically like a research facility a Japanese research facility in the desert doing irrigation stuff and that and it became a major um, so, um, source of battles and the counterattacks in the, in the Yom Kippur but like instead of them knowing it had irrigation ditches there's not a lot out there so. yeah it's, it's taking a whole new level of sparse that Artistic license kicks in, I think. Yeah, I think which, it's got which I'm, I'm using. You know, I think as long as you capture the right feel, mm -hmm. I don't think it really going to get, it's going to look great wherever you end up doing it, to be honest. Because, well, in my opinion, ex-Russian ex or, or Russian kit in desert colours just looks awesome. I love that colour, yeah. yeah. And the other thing yeah. as well is, the other thing as well is, if you're struggling to find concrete evidence either way, <laughs> then surely, you, if whatever you do and paint it, someone can't come up to you and go, actually, I think you're fine. Because it, there's no evidence out there. <laughs> it's yeah. Ben, Ben, Ben. This is this is this is historical war gaming. It's always going to be someone that tells me I've done it wrong. <laughs> that, is, that is true. That is very true. Like the like, like, like guy did the uh, the Lees, uh, the British Lees with the really cool green on top of them. Mm -hmm. The desert one, and some and the amount of comments. Sometimes you have to post up where people go, "That's not a very stark, accurate kind of scheme." And he had links all the details of it. Yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of contention about what colour green, what colour green the free RTR grants had, whether it's the original olive drab or the Brits repainted it. And it's like knowing squaddies, I doubt they repainted it. It's like the least amount of work you can do. It's got to be green at the top, right? I'll just need the olive drab then. Yeah. That's my excuse. I'm sticking. You use the wrong green, uh. and then, and then, and then it's, uh, the desert, and then it just fades. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Faded. Well, it's because that was my my conclusion with the hard versus soft camo. By the time it's been out there a bit and been weathered in the desert, 
It's like a, it's like a two-tone um, German camo for DAC use towards the end. It's like yep. the two colours have such low contrast, plus fading, plus having a ton of sand settling yeah. on it all. It, 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 most photos, you can't tell there's two different colours there. Yeah. Well, they're fighting uh, the field and all that stuff as well. It's, so. it's like after um, Early War came out and they had the Germans with the brown camo on their tanks. Yep. And I was like, really? And I went through like, look for these old photos. I'm like, Actually, you can just about see camo. Yeah, Nathan, yeah. once you know what you're looking for, you can yeah. start seeing it on there, yeah. Because obviously being black and white, you're like, mm, really? But actually, there is a slight subtle tone, especially if you put it for like a few filters on um, on Photoshop or something. You can start seeing them a lot clearer. But yeah, without, without knowing, I, I would have, I was going with the grey, aren't I? <laughs> because that's, that's what happened to Tiger 131 at Bovington. What's that? It went, for, it went for a Facebook, it went for a Photoshop filter. No, they, they started to peel back the paint that they put on in the like, late 70s and realised, they found the original paint underneath and they realised that they'd been repainting it wrong all these years and it did, it's got a two, that very faint two-tone colour scheme on it. Mm. Yeah. So they restored it back into that, which is quite nice. Yeah. I'm which really, part of that whole thing, that Sicily, um, you know, that Sicily green thing that you have in Tunisia, because clearly that target didn't have it. So it's like... I don't, I don't care. That, that, that colour scheme looks awesome. That's what my target is going to be. Yeah, it, does, it does look awesome. Now, let's say there's report, you know, there's enough things in reports saying they were repainted. So I just like, you know what, just do what you want, because you're probably going to find something to back up what you want to do. And, <laughs> and, and, and again, also, again, at the end of the day, they're your toys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and the other one, it's like, I think there's a book out on the British uh, in the desert, and you and basically had the same uh, Stuart. And it's like, it, it was this colour scheme from like August to September. Then in October, they had this colour scheme. Then in November, they changed this one for three months. Then they went to this one. It's just like, okay, I'm just that one looks best. That's why <laughs> that the armour rating goes up because it's got like that six inches of paint on it. But <laughs> it's just like early spaced armour kicking in. Yeah, but it's minus one to remount because it's that flammable with that much paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cross check is like five. It's like <laughs> yeah, cruise as high as a kite, just on paint for you. Fearless. Do luck, honey. So, uh, trying to get back on track. Uh, Lee, what have you been doing Arabs Ready Wars wise or in general? Um, right, so Arabs Ready Wars, nothing because I finished all the last podcast. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> no, I, I, I have been doing a little bit of conversion work on the um, Commander um, M60, just trying to get ready for when we start the next one. So, opening a loader hatch, um, put a great, great big 50 cow on the Capoda and chopping off the existing one. That ace, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really happy how that came out. Considering I, I had that thing halfway through the conversion, where I thought I'd screw up the model, and actually, it kind of came together at the end. So, there's a lot of that, things like that. I find you, you've got sorry, you've got to get to the end. Yeah, and sometimes halfway through, I find it sometimes when I'm painting something, I go, "God, this is looking very good. This hasn't really come together." But then actually, once you got so far, um, it's why I, I used to go for a habit of basing the model and doing the face first. Yeah. And then that so it's the made, face that pulls it together. Yeah. yeah. And then when you start doing like the you close, it yeah, it just starts coming together quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, um, Duncan, you about to say? No, I was going to ask Lee on on the fifty cal. That center mounting of it is that a um, that's that looks like quite a standard like almost iconic thing for them to have it mounted over the top of the main gun. It, is that right? Right, so the whole 50 cal over the main gun is a very Israeli thing, but it appears to be a very Israeli thing post Yom Kippur. Oh, okay. Um, it might be on the M48s during it, because I found this one photo, which says it's during Yom Kippur, 
It shows an M48. It has got that over barrel 50 cal. But the M60... It looks really cool. Yeah, it looks really cool, but the M60 is going to get to afterwards, so... I ditched it on these ones. I kept them. So if I ever do some M48s, I might just go, well, I found one photo that says it's right, and I'll just do it then. Because so. I do like it. Like I say, when it comes to oil wars, like the Maga- the, um, the Magak, no, Macava, Macava? Yeah, Macava, yeah. Yeah, we'll have that as a feature. And the, and the upgrade M60s with or without blazer almonds, depending on what happens with it. So... Yeah, it's, and like I say, you have any Americans do it on the Tusk as well, the Tusk version of Abrams in, um, in Iraq. It just gives oh, you cool. a handy, it just gives you a handy um, weapon against soft targets without having to use the main gun. So, plus more sh- more machine guns is always the correct answer to any, any problem. Yeah. So, well, that's, what you, <laughs> that's why I play Italians. Yeah. Um, other than that, hobby wise, um, I've got a big box of giant stompy robots to distract me. So that was Titanicus. I, I think Ben's just fallen into that trap as well. No, no, no I went to go, I went to buy Romanians. I totally did. <laughs> <laughs> and also <laughs> me and um, Fez played some Abbas Ready War games, kind of. And a, we also a played a different, a different one. Yeah, and not, played, not the forty-point game you showed last time. Sorry. Did we talk about that last time? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. We, I thought it was in the last podcast. Uh, no. I do have some uh, some hobby claws to do, so we might arrange for a game this week. If you're around, yeah, I can do. I'll see what I see what I can sort out. Cool. So I guess it's on me. I don't think I even really started my models by last time. So uh, I finished my free. Around oh. eyes. I hate you so much. <laughs> oh, no, these, these Israelis don't protest too much about having to paint three things. Um, Good I, lord. I have not finished. And my four of my, my M155s. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was a tough month. Um, <laughs> uh, oh. you, but, um, having realised, potentially misread the rules slightly, I thought the New month has started already, so I'm um, halfway through my my uh, eye Shermans, <laughs> and uh, I've also went through worked, looked through my Canadians and realised I had two M one M one 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 M one one threes spare, so I turned two of them into mortar ones. So I've got a cheaper artillery option for when cool. I don't need one five fives. I just need something that's cheap and smoke. Um, I did realise as I started painting them though that I put the different mortars in each one, but eh. To mortar sticking out the top, he cares. Oh, well, you'll <laughs> find that that's not historically accurate for a toad, Mr. Davey. Yeah, uh, well, they had both types of mortars. Maybe it's just what's left of two different things mixed together. No, they know. never I, do that in the military forces. They always I, have their exact I can, I, I can blag it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, otherwise, I um, have been building some Romanian tanks, which I actually just finished two more now, as I will prove by going, that's the magnet. Going to oh. Um, so yeah so I'm not 100% sure yet so obviously Duncan's got an event coming up I'm either going to do Romanian armour for that which is basically German armour but the really expensive versions of everything so I get nothing in the army <laughs> like the really expensive versions of everything because uh, the Romanians got their tanks a lot later than uh, the normal Panzer Division so they got the latest, latest models and when you're paying at least 8 points a tank you don't get many no, you They're don't. They're so cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, also, I only get three tanks in a platoon, so morale is going to be fun. Nah, you'd be all right. Just don't get shot. <laughs> oh, sure, it'll be fine. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, I, I started work on my Soviet naval infantry. 
Um, and yeah, I got distracted by big zombie titans when I went to buy more Iranians. But shoot. I, I, the, the non-fate of a nation hobby I've been doing is realizing that I need to wait to actually get my marine rifle platoons. <laughs> uh, accidentally falling in love with the, despite having been all about Stalin, you know, Iron Cross being like, oh, I'm going to do late war, not late war, like late mark, Panzer 3s, up armoured because of those extra um, front mantle armour and the extra glasses plate, I think it looks ace. So it does look ace. Those, those in grey with a tiger in support, I thought that, that's going to just look like an awesome tabletop presence army. And then I realised, oh, there's, there's a great war, oh, not great, great war, great coat platoon of Germans. Those, those are really nice metal models that came out. I could use those in my Stalingrad list. Oh, I could, I could get some assault pioneers and then this hero to put the SMGs to make an SMG assault pioneer platoon with a Goliath. And then I could get the rubble bases and then I could get the MGs to go, and oh God, I've got an infantry army. Oh, fairs. Well, they are lovely models. They are. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna fill my paint it nicely, not in a rush, not not for a deadline um, slot that my marines were filling up. It was actually in stock. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, well, when they come in, they can come in. They're gonna be great. I did. Uh, I, I I managed to hobby trade back a uh, the 2016 tournament objective. Which is the Marine, Marines at Iwo Jima raising the flag? Oh, that's so cool! Yeah. Oh, cool! So I got that back from for now. I actually have a Marine army, having traded it away. Going, uh, okay. I didn't. I'm not going to do Marines. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, also, also the same story with my um, Nam Airborne list. <laughs> I mean, got particularly. Good. Yeah, this is this is bad. It's cool. not bad. It's good. It's just. I, I, I've sold quite a lot on eBay of old warhammer stuff, so... Sold it on eBay. <laughs> so, uh, do we want to hit up the tournament re- review or what we are doing on tournaments first? I think we'll do a tournament review. Let's just go and done the, do the past and then we'll do the future. Cool. So, the three of us, i.e. me, Eddie and Duncan, went to an event in Toyman. I think we talked about in the last podcast. Because uh, yep. I think yes, because I was madly painting T34s for that. Uh, but we got them all done with a few days to spare. Wait. Nice. And yeah, what was it? It was one five five zero late war. Just yeah, some fun. Try. Uh, we picked late war because lots of the locals said they'd turn up. We, we picked late war, and then uh-huh. lots of the locals didn't turn up because it wasn't mid war. Fuck it. But hey ho, that's uh, you know. They just love running local tournaments for local people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, we only had seven players. We did a slightly different format where we kind of we had three games going and we were using the, um, was it the more missions? You picked to be attacker, defender or mobile. Yep. And rolling off for them. With the idea you can't make the same mission more than once. And then once what the first game finished, the person who was spare, which was me for the first round, jumped on and played one of them and we kind of had just rolled around. So there's always games going until everyone will play three games. The if we'd thought about it, I didn't quite realise how quick the rounds were gonna be. We actually could have got a fourth game in. And then I, and it would have worked better. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling that. I'm that but you're feeling that? What do you mean? In a bad I'm way? Feeling, I'm feeling that one day events can do four games now. Yeah. Yeah, 
I think the biggest part is usually the setup and the working out what the scenario does and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Where actually the the gameplay is swifter. That's yeah. good. No, because that, that's sort of my bare mind. I look at doing the average play war one. Then. I mean, I, I don't know we played well, probably the equivalent of like you would say, like eighty points in mid war. Okay. Yes, I guess I think you'd say um, in that ballpark anyway. I'd say because I think seventeen fifty would be a hundred. Okay. I would say in the equivalent in old in old money seventeen fifty in old money. <laughs> Yeah, hundred and new money. I think I don't know. Could be wrong, but but I think I think you if you have everyone sticking to a timetable, I think you could do four games. Yeah, but by the time we realised it was a bit too late to add the fourth game in, um, which and there was probably a, my my own fault that we did have, we did take a bit of a longer lunch break for some people because it didn't seem like that much of a rush. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Duncan had to play four games just so Eddie could have a an extra could get his three games in in a bit of a. You can't actually get anything for winning this, Duncan. Um, it's the only game I won. You can stop Eddie from the irony. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. It was good fun, though. It was more, more a case of just trying to get people, especially for a lot of us, just to try and play some version 4 and get some games in again. Uh, just an excuse to turn up and play yep. some games more than anything else. It's always a good excuse. Hmm. I was I was really impressed as well with the facilities. I've not been that way before, and I did think the store was nice. Gaming area was good. Yeah, it has just opened. <laughs> no, I know, but that's not been our standard for years. You know, we. <laughs> uh, I can only go yeah, with what I see. He, he has, done, yeah. They're all like that. All four of our shops are like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, no, it's it's yeah, it's a great facility, and the area he's got, and the fact that he can now do three boards worth of terrain. Of, for flames is beforehand you'd be lucky to get half a board from his stuff and in fact you can do three boards of terrain for western front slash eastern front and then you can do another two desert boards as well so terrain is no yeah no longer is like can everyone bring terrain please be <laughs> <laughs> wide terrain yeah it's nice to have another retailer who kind of gets how to run them in yes yeah it is um Sorry, sorry, Duncan. Sorry, Duncan. Sorry, sorry, Eddie. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, between tournament and battlefield, uh, battlefield hobbies are, are both, you know, eight-star um, venues, really. Yeah, I'd, I'd put, uh, personally, I'd put Firestorm up there as well. I think they do a good job. Oh, I've just never been. I've never been myself. So oh, you've never been? Okay. Um, it's, it's very similar. Battlefield hobbies, I think... I think it's fair to say, and I think it did take some inspiration from the the newer Firestorm one, not the old coal bunker, <laughs> which was still nice. It was still a lovely venue, but it, you know, the new one just kind of blew that one out of the way. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, there's a few out there, the few that really get it, and it's not just a case of whack down the worst things you can find, and it looks like a board. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but yes, yeah, so I think you know. Um, I think there's no. I don't think there's obviously can't really go round by round because of the format. So um, I don't know if Eddie you got any highlights from your game. Do you want to talk about? Um, I should have taken the uh, the crocodiles like I originally planned to. You know, it's always that thing where you second guess your list and like you get that tough choice and you think oh, I'll take this unit and not that unit, and then you end up always wishing you had the other things. Um, it's way more infantry than I expected 
somebody knows yeah. <laughs> like everyone to go thanks I always I always seem to be either a met, I think I'm a meta ahead that's the thing <laughs> um, so I had my Churchills and uh, had some just really good fun games and, and, and V4 just plays very quickly I'm playing late war v4 does make me does highlight how much of a more sort of complete game that mid war is yeah with the rule set um yeah it's just it's a little bit more a little bit less swingy with some of the list buildings and things like that um, but i mean the army's late war held up great um and it was just a nice relaxed a nice relaxed day of playing games um and uh yeah, if you ever think that it's a wise idea or it would be funny to charge Churchill's for a minefield. <laughs> uh, I, just, I, I enjoyed I, it. I had this mental image in my head, Duncan, of just these Churchill's. Because it, it was, what, a skill test? So it's like three up. It's two up for the Churchill's, isn't it? Uh, no, it's, 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 it's a skill to get through the mines. It's not a cross. It was a skill test to get. Oh, was a skill check. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, that's right. You were playing through the woods with the two. Sorry. I was to see your face as this platoon of Churchills just rolled through a minefield into your guys, and then just you know made you at least fall back from the objective. It, um, it wasn't fun. But the uh, yeah, just the dice deserted me and minefields <laughs> took care of my took care of my attacking platoon. Um, but it was one of those games where it just I was winning I was winning I was winning and then all of a sudden I wasn't and I'd lost yep uh, that's just, fair just battering you and having things kind of fall back but not really killing anything completely um, and then you got a, you got one good round of shooting in and then I just failed all my morale and it just kind of just crumbled into nothingness so it's a bit like my first game. Yeah. Yeah, I was playing. Um, oh, what's his name? Um, Al, and uh, he had uh, he had two companies. He had an infantry German grenadier company. He had a company of T of T of Panzer Force. And I kind of did my thing. Of, we were playing. What's this one? We surround them. Uh, Bridgehead. And I did my normal thing on B4. Took a few pot shots as infantry, as you do. And then these tanks started coming on. And so I moved over to face them, and then I had the world's, I think, turn three. I just didn't hear anything the whole turn. Even with T-34 standing still, just not hear a thing. And he started doing some quite da- some serious damage, and I lost about six, seven tanks over about two or three turns of shooting. I was starting to think, getting a little bit worried, and then also I just had this turn where I killed and bailed. He had three tank platoons, three tanks each platoon, sorry. And I killed and bailed a tank in two platoons, and he proceeded to fail every single motivation and morale test the next like four dice rolls oh, man. and I was like right get back in oh no I don't <laughs> it. Uh, okay okay. and these were all for Texas ammo okay commander shouts to them nope do they run off yes next platoon <laughs> get him back in no nope. commander shouts to him nope do they run off yes oh reroll <laughs> no yeah oh man uh, and that was it that was just like two tank platoons just disappeared off the board at which point I didn't really have any issues because um, I killed the last, I killed I killed I think I killed the company HQ the next turn. They all then run off, and then he basically said, "Well, you're just going to sit here and power me for about three turns, and then assault an objective." And I went, "Well, basically, yeah." So he said, "Should we just call it now?" Right? Yeah, it seems fair. Oh, nasty. <laughs> he, was, he was really nice about it. Really nice guy. Oh, but yeah. 
one of the one of the takeaways I did get uh, from the tournament was that I had two CS uh, Churchills, the little stubby howitzers in them. Um, mm. Two gun batteries are kind of pointless in version four. Yeah, they suck. There's no point. They're a lot better than they were in version three. They're a lot better than they were in version three, but they do kind of, you know, just that re-rolling to hit really hurts. So, were you repeat bombarding? Were you repeat bombarding, though? I was, but you're now hitting on their skill, not your skill. Yeah. Yeah. Hit value, isn't it? Yeah. Like to hit value, but it's the same. Yeah, 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 yeah sorry, yeah, you're, you're rolling on there to hit value, which means the veterans are a lot harder to dig out. Mm. Especially when you're re-rolling hits. Um, plus, even if they've got smoke, don't forget it's only four inches per gun. So there are plenty of times where I sit there, figure out this perfect 16-inch smoke bombardment scenario, move my guys, and then go, oh, I only get four inches. Sorry, eight inches. Oh, 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 oh dear. <laughs> I've made a tactical error. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. No, I've, I, I've got the same opinion. Unless the two-gun battery is super cheap, like a two-mortar two battery. Like I think the Brits can take them in the desert mid-war. And they're fine because they're like two points or something for two mortars. And you think, well, I pay that probably just to have the smoke. But if you're paying a lot of points for it, I've, I've done it with Panzer Fours and a two gun Panzer Four bombardment. Just you're only going to hit maybe four things, and then you re-rolling hits. It's, it's really painful. Okay. Uh, Duncan, any takeaways from the event? Uh, yeah, um, I, I had. A good time. I, I I played Adam first up. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I said I had a good time past tense up until that point. <laughs> no, it was fine. It was um it was against his. It was cool because it was a uh, flat Panzers, and it was um Volks Grenadiers with lots of assault rifles everywhere. Um, it's quite. <laughs> and Pan yeah, the Panzerfaust are a killer man. They're just everything walking around with Panzerfaust was horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, it's still a good game. Um. The Firefly taking out the Panzer Fours was probably the highlight. So my, <laughs> my captured Panzer, uh, Firefly <laughs> taking out two Panzer Fours and then watching the other one run off. Um, but I, I, it's just rustiness as well, I guess. I don't often, I don't play probably weekly. Well, certainly not weekly. Probably more like once a month. And so just stupid little things like I didn't even think about um, his Panzer Fours turning 90 degrees and running up to a hedge line to shoot my artillery that had just come around the corner to get ready for the next turn for a bombardment. Right. I just didn't even think about it. I looked and went, well, that's a hedge line. I'm fine. He can't shoot through that. Oh, oh, yes. Tanks move. Oh, <laughs> tanks move. Who thought about that? Um, that was a good game. The next game I played, was it Dave and his Hungarians? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Dave Palmer. Yeah. Lovely guy. Lovely guy. Really good game. Loved it. Um, it was really interesting. I've never played the Hungarians before. Uh, those Rinnies, man, they are harsh. They are really harsh. The, the 105 mil guns against my poor Panzer Grenadiers. It's a big gun. Were, it's a big honking gun, and he, he played it. He played it really well. Um, he kind of faked out my uh, one mobile Panzer platoon, and then by the time I committed that, I had to pursue it and, and kind of go for the objective on the other side of his table rather than defending my own. And um, yeah, he just persecuted one of my uh, poor Panzer Grenadier platoons again. The 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 pub problem with the Panzer Grenadiers from the Normandy book is you get one Panzerfaust, 
So when stuff actually comes to assault you, you've got one thing that can possibly hurt them on the way in. So they're not very good at repelling um, armored assaults. And that was kind of the downfall. I love this sort of like first world problems. You know, the problem is you only get one Panzerfaust. Which what most lists have had to put up with for a long time is just having one Panzerfaust. But we're spoiled, you know, narcissistic German players. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> but that, no, it's still a good game. It was just really interesting to play something I've never played before. And um, just, you know, like I said, the Zrinis were really interesting. They made me start thinking about, I know Stu's have always been good, but um, the, kind of the hitting power of a, a, a big volley of Stu's is probably going to be just as devastating. It's yeah, very hard to yeah. get a, a platoon of just dudes. There are a few that do it. it. Yeah. And the ones yeah. that have it, they are really not, they were really great for digging out infantry. It's mm. what really gave the Hungarians that edge is actually something that you saw saw plays because no one else could really do what they did with the Zavinis. Obviously not quite as good now. You only re-roll, made them re-roll their saves, which is better than, well, I think yeah, better. I, think. I, thought, I always thought, uh, was it Breakthrough Gun was a bit too good. Yeah, take them off. Uh, yeah, take them yeah, two up, you're dead. Um, I like the fact that they actually have a chance of saving because it does represent yep. a lot of situations where that might happen. Uh, but yeah, Hungarians are Savinis. Um, and the other thing Hungarians are great for is just actually cheap. Ge- they're basically just cheap Germans. Mm. They are, yep. There's a so, lot of kit on that side. Yeah. Especially, especially yeah. that Tiger list they had as well. Yes. Yeah, the Tiger list, the Panther list. And I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people did end up taking the German allies because. Panthers being able to move in uh, to shoot storm shooter and stuff like that is quite good. And Hungarians, um, what's it? Hazar moves weren't quite as useful. That's good. Yeah, but more situational. I think's the uh, polite way of putting it. <laughs> but yeah, and I then, do love Hungarians. Hungarians always cool. Third game I played Jersey um, with his Indians, and that game taught me that uh, you can lose in your opponent's turn. Yes. Pretty much. If you're, Which you're I, using, the, using the more mission rules, yes. Mm. Yep. Which I knew about, but it was still a surprise when it happened. Uh, because, again, he, I think he played it quite well. He actually had this big, huge, sort of motor, uh, motorized uh, blob of infantry that came screaming straight up and basically disembarked on within four of the objective, right opposite my Panzer Grenadiers, who obviously shot them. He did try and assault them, but I. I bang them up and force them back but I could never quite finish them off so I think there's four stands that then survived um, and dug in and then they were doing four so that his um, more uh, mobile stuff could come in especially the armoured stuff and just sort of so again slammed into the pandas like grenadiers and just forced them back and because I he had a unit within four at the start of the turn meant that when I did fall back it was game over so it, you know he played it perfectly but seeing an oh understanding something can happen and seeing it actually happen are two different things I think no, definitely. and uh, it, it definitely reinforced that kind of okay I need to make sure that next time I've got certain things in place to make sure that if if that does happen I've got to get rid of that unit even if it's only a small infantry unit I, I basically tried to ignore it but it was, it was silly yeah or, or you don't defend on the objective anymore I think that's probably more got pertinent you'll be active yep. defense you'll be in their yeah. face yeah, yep. yeah, which which does make sense. You know, you wouldn't just go, oh, they're they're taking a HQ, sir. They're about to take it, but we're just going to dig in here four inches away. <laughs> and and yep. yeah, we're going to yeah. hide in this wood over here, and uh, one squad at a time are going to run yeah. towards the objective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To or, or, you know, 
Well, they've kind of ki- they've kicked out the HQ, but we are just outside the door. But we're not actually in the HQ, so we're just going to sit here because then they haven't really taken it. <laughs> it's, it's in version three. Just imagine that you know big platoon or like twelve stands, and like yeah. they're going one squad at a time. Right, you go take that take that objective. They've got our, they've got our HQ. Go capture it back, sir. They're all dead. All right, next squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you four men, go, go. Look, bang, 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 yeah. bang. Sir, they died as well. Right, next squad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I yeah, it, and but you are right. Until you see it, I mean, I, I was fortunate. I got to see it in action by me doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah, but even, it even caught me by surprise. The first time I did it, I think it was when we were in um, uh, what's it, attack, and I won my first game by doing that. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm before for each of the objective, oh. aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do like it though. It does it, it did make a difference? And I think again, Jersey picked the right force because the the Indians were I think they were fearless trained or something like that. So if you're going to rush forward, oh, they're fearless veterans. Were they? Oh yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they they came screaming forward, and you know I, I could cheat up a bit, but they were never going to. I was going to be very lucky to dislodge them. I think at that point. I, I had no problem dislodging them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I only had four tanks. <laughs> just, just, just saying. Um, no, that was that was a good, again good game. And then the final game I played, uh, the the one I did win, which didn't matter, brilliant, uh, was against Eddie, which was again a really close game. Um, I think I'd learned some lessons from earlier on, but again, it was it wasn't a very easy. It didn't feel very easy, even though I did oh, I eventually win it with him. <laughs> No, no, I mean it was quite a close game, and it was quite, um, it was quite on a knife edge. Yeah. But my heavy, my heavy anti tank wasn't really doing much against your stupid armor thirteen. <laughs> I only had so my, those. Yeah, but it's quite funny because it mistaken target. I moved that eighty eight yeah. round onto dong. Everything, oh. everything's, everything's got jumbo now. Jumbo's lead the way. Churchill's lead yeah. the way. Churchill's <laughs> just swear at you from across the table. Shoot the big scary yeah. one. Boy. <laughs> Boy. Oh. I think I got yeah. I, I mean the 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 thing actually that impressed me the most was actually my reluctant trained Luftwaffe. Oh yeah, they did not run away at all. No, they were fine. They were still they were they still knocking around like three times. Counter attack. I, I still think it's down to down to the fact that psychologically you have so low expectations for them when they actually do something. You're, you're like yeah. <laughs> I, I think so slightly as well. They they just yeah they felt they felt nice to you know get run out on the table and actually um yeah they they did overachieve I think with what I asked them to do they <laughs> they will resist Churchill's with with a Panzernecker <laughs> singular <laughs> so that that was it that was the, the four games I played and you have to say I had a good game against uh, everyone I think yeah what I, I like most about our game Duncan was the fact that it was. It was close and it was fun, but we never we never got to the state of having to be like, oh, am I half an inch in, am I half an inch out kind of thing. No. Because the rules didn't really push us in that direction. No, I don't think so. I don't think... Yeah, I think that, that definitely they, they seem to... And they did flow faster. I did feel like we got through six turns quite quickly. Um, and I think that was true of all the games, actually, that... that there's a lot less micromanagement of stuff, I guess. But no, it, I, I get what you're saying entirely. I think that that definitely contributed to the feeling of the day as well. Well, yeah. so, um, 
it's good to go through my games. Obviously, I already talked about my first game of Owl. I play. I also very similar actually to Duncan here. So I also played uh, Dave Palmer uh, with Hungarians, which basically came down to the fact that he forgot my. Res- uh, we're playing what we're playing. Dust up, and he kind of forgot where my reserves came on. So he had his Panthers parked on this uh, on the crest of this hill, not Panthers uh, T thirty four Panzer four seventies. And all of a sudden, he then got scared as um, nine T thirty four eighty fives appeared on his flank. <laughs> I, unfortunately, I couldn't, quite, I couldn't quite get all of them on the flank, and I, had, I fluffed the first turn. I killed one still, but then we just got, so he started retreating back, and then eventually, it got to the point where if you keep on retreating, you're not moving the objective anymore. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and then that was kind of it. Um, and then I played Jersey, and he did quite a sensible thing, actually. So, he, rather than trying to pick him defending, he picked to try and attack against me so that he could hopefully get a mission where I get attack and I'd be in reserve. And because obviously, because I have so many tanks, uh, a lot of them with like the deep reserves, and would only have to play like half my fight half my army at a time. Okay. Which I thought was quite sensible. Uh, I can see why he's doing it. Unfortunately, he did win the dice off and we got free for all. Oh. Um, so I was like, cool. Um, and that pretty much came down to the fact that I was able to take out all his ranged anti-tank out in by turn two. Uh, all his Shermans and all his, his M10s were dead. Um, I did have to then move back to my objective because all his Jeeps went whizzing forwards. I was like, fine. And they took ages to machine gun out of the cornfield. Um, uh, but the embarrassing moment was when I went, I went, went, I'm just going to try and win the game this turn, went to charge his mortars and his bloody armoured cars of AT7 stopped a T-34 platoon from charging. Oh. Yeah, two bail tanks. I was like, fine. I'll wait a turn. <laughs> uh, there's a picture I sent, I sent the guys, which was where these, um, was it, his stupid universal carriers with pits zoomed in behind my my T-34 85 platoon and bailed one and then it's just a picture you see all of them just turn their turrets round <laughs> and then just lots of smoke where they used to be <laughs> I always, always remember one of um, my friend's skips um, in the oh, court army his, oh yeah skip, his his um, Sawnoff Daimler with the pier was one of his most effective yeah. tank killers in his yeah. entire army. He took out two of my Tigers when I played full Tigers at an art of war. <laughs> <laughs> two. Two, Skip. Two. <laughs> He's also a lovely guy to play. Oh, yeah. He is. He's but, yeah, yeah, so... Okay. I was just going to say, that the other couple of things I've just remembered, because I played Adam as well and Jersey... Um, Jersey I ended up beating with the flukiest hitting on six driving around the corner with uh, 17 pounder shots ever uh, game of skill game of skill yeah and shit and that game game went back and forth it looked like you'd won it at one point and then he kind of pushed you off the objectives yes yeah no he had and then I got a bit cocky and tried to close it down and then I failed some long range shots so he was able to contest and then he killed my universal carriers that were game for me um, oh. yeah no it was, it was one of those ones where you kind of like I could dig in and, and get a solid victory later on or I could just end it all now with a, a lucky assault and it, I just got pushed back um, and then I play, also played Adam with his Volks um, Grenadiers and all the packs um, and the pack 40s and it was quite interesting because he he deployed them all butting up against each other in a line Yes, he did. And I managed to get uh, some of my church, one of my churchills down the side to 
to try and then to assault the side of them. And then it became... So, no, I, I got down the side and he, well, he went to rotate to shoot. But there's nowhere in the rule book where it says no room to rotate anymore. Oh, is there not? No, not that I could see. So if anyone's listening and they, they know, or you guys, bounce off you, you know, what if you've got your gun teams square up against each other, can they actually turn to face to shoot something outside their front arc? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it, was a, it was a weird one. Um, yeah. So, well, the, the end guy must be able to, mustn't he? The one on the very, if you're looking left to right, if well, they're all... Uh, no, because he can't actually turn. He said he can't rotate through another base. Yeah. yeah. At least you that's now, what you now block each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, we got. I remember that now. We actually got around that by he moved the second one along. Yeah. He tactically moved that forwards, and then that gave him the space that he could then rotate the other ones, or at least one of them. Yeah. Um, so there was that. There's also the fact that I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. When you're assaulting Panzerfaust infantry, do they get in each other's way now from line of sight? Uh, no infantry that don't move so don't block line of sight, do they? I'm not entirely sure that's in the rulebook still. Hmm. Worth checking. Yeah. But um, also the whole the the four inch assault bubble that really helps. That you don't drag in these giant platoons. Hmm. No, no, you, um, well, you, you sort of do because when they counterattack any team within four inches, then can assault. Yeah, yeah, but you, but if, it basically, yes, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not as bad as it used to be. Yeah, yeah, so if you, if you, you know, you can actually isolate some AT assets and do it that way. Hmm. Uh, but cool, but so from, uh, from events that, uh, have been passed to future events. I'll see if anyone's been following the Facebook group or uh, um, or I think we know or our blog. We know we announced that we're sort of we're partnering up with Battlefront to run the series it's, of events next year. It's on the Battlefront website as well. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, they cut they cut and paste our article put on the uh, on the main page. Plagiarism. Yeah, going to be really honest. The last couple of weeks, the summer the the the, the fatigue of the summer holidays is caught up, and I'm really out of touch with everything. Um, can't wait for them to go back to school. <laughs> <sighs> little little pleasures in my eye. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So we are we are running events, uh, which is specifically yes. events and not the, the the tournament word. Well, that's probably going to be in there as well to some extent, but not as I don't think it's going to be as front and center. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So. So, I mean, <laughs> obviously, we have said that the first event is kind of a sort of test event. It's kind of too much you're running, Duncan. Yeah, it's um, it's got actually. I was quite surprised. There's there's about eight people interested, nine people interested already. It's only a little sixteen uh, player tournament. Well, tournament event. Sorry, um, we're going to run in Crawley. Um, yeah, it should. I'm actually quite looking forward to it. There's there's a I've done a little rules pack for it. It's nothing. Um, too um, stringent, I don't think. I've, I've killed well, a couple I mean, of I mean, house rules. I mean, it, it makes war. On, it makes war and peace seem pretty short. Oh, it's only <laughs> it's like three sides of a four. Come on, man. come on. 
<laughs> no, um, I think the biggest things are that I want it to be fun and f- uh, beginner friendly. So there's not going to be a painting requirement for this initial one. Okay. So if people want to, you know, um, they just started collecting a mid-war force. I don't know, they've maybe got a late war, but not really got anything for mid-war. We want to try something new. They can, um, you know, there's no there's no compulsory painting choice. Obviously, that's, um, you know, if you can paint it, please do. But um, we're not going to... Tom Warburton, if you're listening, you still have to paint your army. You've had <laughs> for like 10 years now, get the damn thing painted. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's there is a bonus for people to have the stuff painted, isn't there? There is. Yeah. There is. I've actually stolen um, Eddie's idea, which is to it, to inst- incentivize like kind of communal play rather than um, kicking people's teeth in. That we're going to have um, raffle, essentially a raffle at the end of the, the event, and um, whether you, depending on different criteria, you'll get that, that X number of entries into that raffle for the actual prizes. So you know, smashing some, you know, three people in a day doesn't necessarily guarantee you win. You know, winning anything other than a shiny certificate. Yeah. Um, the actual, you know, physical goodies are going to be done that way, and there's different ways you can earn them that you know revolve around doing some hobby stuff and, and winning. You know, there's still winning, still important to some extent. You get two entries rather than one for just you know playing the game. So, but um, it's true, I guess, to try and encourage a bit more. Um, you know, it's not the, the be all and end all. Yeah, and I think I think I think. That, I think the main the main thrust behind it at least from the events that I'm going to be running um, is to promote all aspects of the hobby rather than mm. just focusing in who can play the physical game the best um, yep. so, and often yeah. often in the past you know it's it's you know if you didn't win all of your games pretty much you're just sitting there clapping at the award ceremony because that was your day over in a weird way um, so instead of instead of having the prizes be allocated to a specific um, position or a specific part of the, of the event, um, you know, it, you, you often end up the guys who won the painting competition get given a paint set, which always <laughs> seemed a bit, or, or a book about how to paint, which seemed yeah. a little bit redundant to me. Um, so the main concept that we've got is is that as you win prizes and, and achieve things in different areas get a certain number of extra raffle tickets um, and even if you just by going to the event you'll have some raffle tickets even if you turn up and lost every single game you will have a number of raffle tickets the better off you do um, you'll get certificates for each individual achievement that you've got so if you're the best painted you'll get a little certificate or maybe a little trophy for the best general and that kind of thing but even if you turned up and lost all your games, you could still win your the first pick of what you want from the prize table. If you're yeah. so, there's an excitement just for being at the event. Um, you know, obviously, if you've won the best general and the best painted and all of your games, and you know the sportsmanship award, then you're going to be able to have fifty raffle tickets. So you're more likely to win something. But the cool thing is, there you can go up to the table, and then you can, you know, you may not. You may be an experienced gamer and there's all these £50 box sets that you're not actually interested in, but there is a platoon of tanks that you need. So you can take the platoon of tanks and then the new guy who's not who's only got one army can actually get the most benefit out of that and go up and go, well, actually, there's a huge, an entire army that I, I can use. It, it, is, it definitely goes down one of the things I, I've noticed before in the past, which is, you know, when, when like Steve Charlton would be winning most tournaments and would be getting these 
you know, like a, a new army or half an army every other week. And he he didn't need it. I mean, but I remember Bill Wilcox just was just giving this stuff away in the end because he's like, mm. you know, I've got I've got enough armies. Why why are you giving me more armies? Um, I mean, I, the one thing I, I want to add is because uh, it can be negative and some it can be seen to be possibly being negative in some respects. Now, it's not so much that we're anti tournaments; it's more that we want we're more kind of pro hobby. I think is probably the way of best way of putting it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and and you know the the community. Let's be honest, has taken a bit of a hit and does need rebuilding. So rather than so, we can be a bit more inclusive and you know look at more aspects of the hobby. Hopefully, the community can get better and stronger from it. Mm-hmm. Um, now there is the prospects. Obviously, at some point, no, maybe not next year, but maybe the year after, we'll look at. Um, and I think it's something Mark's big on is bringing the GP, GT back. But again, mm-hmm. as we said, there's no point bringing GT back if there's no players. So. I'm sure player, one day we'll be back to doing like a 200 player tournament with like polystyrene terrain. It's, you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the other things as well is like stuff to look at. So the, the first event I'm looking at is uh, I'm going to be doing a kind of Stalingrad themed event. Now, the one of the things of this, and it's something we have talked about, is is that being too restrictive? And some respects, yes, some respects, no. But it's about showing the hobby in the best I think showing the hobby in the best light. And the first event I ever went to was a market garden campaign. Um, and every army was themed mostly around the event. There was probably a bit more British artillery than historically there were. But, um, you know, but every army was based from the book, from those two books. Uh, you know, um, it might even be the multiple books at that point. I can't remember uh, exactly. But, you know, but every army was themed and was plausible, you know, could have plausibly been there at least. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking for. The other thing about this is I'm painting up a lot of armies that were probably quite good to Stalingrad. So if, you turn, if you, someone drops me an email and says, I'd love to come, but you know my mate wants to come, but he hasn't got anything, I could probably give out a Soviet army or a, uh, or a Romanian army for the day that could be used. So um, you know, there is that aspect as well. To look into, but you know, but I'm I'm more looking from the cool aspects. So I've already got some of the new city fight boards on the way, uh, buildings on the way. So we have two probably I haven't decided yet exactly, but probably six by four city fight boards, nice. which obviously will be put there. Now, obviously, the one big caveat again being you don't necessarily have to play on those. It will be a campaign kind of day slash event slash kind of. We'll see how it goes. But obviously, if you just like, I, if you're like, I got tank army, I'm going to die in the city. Well, if we do it as a campaign day. Probably ask your general not to put you into that situation. <laughs> no, Robin, you must yeah. charge those buildings with your T-34s. You'll be fine. I just hope they're more sort of General Zukov than General Clark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, so that's kind of that's kind of yeah, yeah, you know, and we're you know we're going to try and spread the events around the country a bit more. I mean, realistically, it's most of them going to be Midlands and South because. We're all in the south. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to try and be inclusive as possibly can, but you know we are probably probably will be, even if we don't do a GT this year, I imagine there will be a big event in the Midlands. Yeah. That we'll and we have got the two. Year. We have got Mark and um, Richard yep. up in, up, in, up yeah. north of the border. Mark um, G is obviously up there as well in that area. So yeah. there will be a, so, a, a semi coverage. Northern Ireland is probably more on the to do list than. Uh, <laughs> Well, like we, can start, we can start with the, you know, we're starting from scratch. We're going to make some yeah. mistakes as we go along and we're going to grow it. And it's just about having some fun. And it's not about going in at the highest level. It's about building, you know, building up potentially a different way of looking at doing events. And that's 
that's the main thing that I'm looking at doing when I run the one in Guildford um, for the mid-war, mid-war, the Blitz mid-war event um, in January. The idea behind that is rather than being just a tournament where you're playing a number of games with your army against all comers, it's about tying the games together and making it being you know being more of a part of a team, so that it doesn't just become about the your flames of war you know battle point score at the end of the day. It's about whether or not you know you're deployed to a board that your games count to something larger. Mm-hmm. And and you you are you're you know you're you're actually in a way it's a little bit more actual war gaming than a tournament game because you're sometimes you'll be given a slightly harder mission sometimes you'll be given a slightly easier mission that's designed for you you know for your army and it's just about that little bit of extra challenge that because you don't always get things the way that you wanted war you know sometimes you are sitting there in an infantry platoon infantry company and you have to make the most of a breakthrough and, and actually get out of your foxholes and actually go capture some ground when in reality you're carrying heavy machine guns and heavy artillery but you were where the hole was you've got to go yeah no I think, yeah I think that sums up pretty well mm-hmm. but, um, yep. the other thing the other thing to bear in mind so obviously the first year I was running a vendor board we've got Ben and Crawley events in Guildford Lee, you don't try an event? So I'm going to try and get a Arabs Ready War um, thing sorted out for February-ish, I think. Now, um, mm. I might have finished my army by then. Well, hopefully, <laughs> the painting challenge have been over for quite a while. Yeah, that's what I mean. I might Painful have finished Israelis. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, let's see. So, we're going to try and spread them around. I'm going to say, Vanifield Hobbies will get an event at some point we need to probably communicate those guys again at some point about doing something there oh I've already and, spoken to Hammy yeah. he's, he's well up for it oh cool okay then yeah ignore that we, we've already spoken yeah. to them some way thanks Hammy um, and I, I, but I think also I think this is the type of event so I think also those guys would really enjoy because oh, Core Ivory started off as not so much red versus blue but with fiends extra missions and all yeah. that type of stuff and obviously evolved into something else I think from where version 3 didn't quite fit their format perfectly um, yeah. but um, yeah I, I mean this something they'll be, they're going to be well up for they've got a fantastic facility so um, yeah and I guess there will be one I guess where the GT prizes will be handed out if we don't do a GT this year <laughs> I guess that's something we need to talk about but yeah that's what I do so it's more just you know, as I've always said, I used to see tournaments as, a, as an excuse for turning up and seeing my mates. And if we walk away, surprises, cool. And that's kind of what I want it to be for everyone. Uh, now, let's be realistic. There's still going to be some people going to take it a little bit too seriously. There are in every single miniatures game I've ever played, every single card game I've ever played. There's one or two people who just, their idea of fun is just to crush everyone they can and finish the maximum possible score. And in some respects, that's fine. If that's how you get your enjoyment, cool. You'll probably still find a place for you in our events, as in you won't, we don't want to ostracize you. You will still want to come along. But at the same time, we are trying to rebuild the community. So coming along in six, uh, nine, one-ing or eight, one-ing, whatever it is these days, um, some guy who's playing his first ever game probably isn't the most fun. So do bear that in mind. I.e., don't be a dick, is I think the main yep. thing for this. We is our philosophy. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, um, unless you're cool. playing a Nam town, in which case, just as Richard Nixon is highly encouraged. 
Oh, yeah. Oh. Cool. Anything else? Anything else? I don't think so. No. So just just uh, just on this, uh, Duncan, when is your event and, and the exact details? Just say so in case anyone listening wants to come. Yeah, it's on the uh, 21st of October. It's in Crawley, which is in West Sussex. It's near Gatwick Airport. Um, there's 16 so players. If you come to Lord, you, you can fly into Gatwick, come and play and then fly home the same day. Does that have if you really want to see it? Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if people want to fly in, that's fine. There's There are very good transportation links between the hut and the um, the airport. So, yeah. Uh, it's Gatwick is safe to fly into. <laughs> Unless, well yeah because uh, Fez won't be flying that day he'll be at the event yeah. <laughs> um, and just to also sweeten the deal for our foreign listeners if they did fly in and take part in the event would they get some extra raffle tickets oh yeah <laughs> definitely I, don't, I haven't put it in the players pack but that would be a, I imagine event organisers license well, they would get, and, they and get hat wear is encouraged as well you know, yeah, sorry about Brexit wear. bonus <laughs> yeah. they would get 5,000 extra vouchers but then they get a 5,000 uh, carbon footprint penalty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what happens if they get a glider in? Oh, then I'll just give them all the prizes because that's the coolest okay. way to transport. <laughs> well, if they, if they para, yeah, paraglided in a way, if it is with a little fan motor. No, DFS 232, straight to the parking lot with a parachute <laughs> break. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 Duncan. Sorry, that's fine. I've come to your tournament. Yeah. <laughs> um, is this Evan Evan? No. <laughs> oh, nine. Um, <laughs> yeah. But hat, hat wears include, you know, hat wears uh, encouraged. If you want to wear an army team's hat, please do. Uh, I wouldn't go for full uniform. There's been some uh, issues around that <laughs> previously. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we're, we're aiming to have uh, red versus blue on the day as well. So if you have got the capacity to play uh, either or, let me know as well, and we'll make sure that um, people can, you know, experience the best side. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but I it does break the the um, kind of willing suspension of disbelief that you have to play these games when you end up, you know, running against Brits versus Brits in the desert, and it's all a bit strange. My favorite one so, is versus Americans in the, in a snowboard with both of them in desert camping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going we're to try and not go down that route. And, it, and in fact, if, if people let me know as well what theatre they pr- prefer, we'll try and make sure that people play in theatre as well if we can. Yeah. So, right. um, I, I yeah. Theatre Royal. Yeah. <laughs> theatre Royal. <laughs> theatre Royal, he wants to play theatre Royal as his theme. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> What, three RTR? I don't know, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but it's one of the things, even when I used to run open events, I'd always try and make the least the first round red versus blue. And then yep. the tiebreaker in the second round between scores was what makes the games red versus blue. Um, the third round, on a one day, I'd then probably, whatever at that go. point. Yeah, well, no, just go by what the score is, because that's what the guys wanted. But we do, we'd always try and make as many games red versus blue as possible, because as you say, it just looks better. Yeah, all yeah. my events were always red versus blue after me. Even I must say, even yep. I think maybe to, I wouldn't say the detriment to the one, but the first one I ever went to, where the Germans got an absolute pasting, <laughs> um, and I, I remember because me and Adam both went four and one. I think on the Allies side and came mid table because the Allies had done that well, and the Germans had just. I think the top German player had two wins over. <laughs> I, see, me and Nathan were having great fun with that because we tell, we tell somebody, "Oh, you're the top German player," and they go, "Great, who are playing next?" Steve Charlton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then you, you've got you've got back so much. It's like a meat grinder. Just 
It was. It was. But that's 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 where I think that the importance of it, in my mind at least, being an event versus a tournament kind of yeah. comes in. Yeah. Because I, I want to be clear, I'm not going to be messing about with any of the core rules of the game. The games themselves will be Flames of War, as you know, without any extra randomness thrown in that some events in the past have done. But what will change with the way the mission selection, the board selection, you know, that will kind of evolve as the game evolves, you know. So to kind of balance out a bit as well and make sure that both sides are having... Yeah, an equally fun time because no one likes turning up and just getting smashed in the face, you know. And if all your team is getting smashed in the face, how, how do you know that? Yeah. Come on, mate. Well, if that you know, if you enjoy that, then drop me a line at fez at breakthroughassault.co.uk, and uh, we arrange a face. Not sure that. I guess. So we'll play go to Duncan Duncan's tournament. So what we what yeah. are we each going to take? So I'll start this off. Oh. I'm thinking of doing 10th Panzer Division using the Iron Cross list um, bit in desert as I use against Fez. Yep. And I'll also bring my um, British um, 3RTR, so um, Grant and a few Unnies. Excellent. So, so I, I can do both. Um, I'm hopefully going to get a Romanian army painted up using the German rules from uh, Iron Cross. Um, if not, it'll be Soviets. Um I should, I should do. I should be able to. I just don't want to commit at this point to a definite. It's a similar to a late war. Can your Romanian army could do both sides? You just pretty. Just I know. I, I, I am waiting for that. When we go like we're doing a red versus blue only late war list, I'm like cool. I'm just going to take just Romanian troops, and that way, yeah, I can be red versus blue. What do you want? What do you want? I just, I just <laughs> changed my divisional support. Yeah. What, do they yeah, no, what, do you, what do they physically change on the vehicles? Is it just? They just put red, they put red stars on rather than the uh, the cross of uh, of Michael Michael's so cross. All, all of your left hand side of the tanks could be one. <laughs> all of your right hand sides could be the other. Well, they, I, do that they, a lot they, they, they did they did change a bit out of hoc, and there was a period where they hadn't changed it. So I'm just going to go with the this is just when they've turned. They haven't changed yet. No, I think you should do because because a lot of um, historical warbirds they can't decide on two color schemes. So they'll put one <laughs> half of the aircraft as one aeroplane. And then the other half of the aircraft as the other aeroplane, because you'll never see both sides at once. Fair, fair. Okay, I'll take that under advisement. <laughs> You're not going to do it, are you? No. no. <laughs> That's the, that was the politest way of saying I'm going to stick a pin in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's what we call Plan B. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take my um, up armoured Panzer threes in their lovely dark grey colour scheme, probably with a tiger in support, because I just I've got a fixation over grey pandas. I remember that I bought an early war paint set, sorry, German paint set, which has the, the all the right greys that I needed in. Um, and then for fifty shades of grey. Sorry. Oh no. So 50 shades of grey of Panzer grey there's only three shades of grey but they've all been scale reducted so I had to paint them with a really small brush um, <laughs> <laughs> well so, it's airbrush going on <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be airbrush nice and easy a couple of dry brushes and it's going to be really quick and then the decals just to really make them zing um, so it's going to be uh, yeah uh, tanks uh, German tanks and then probably for the desert, I'll probably just uh, have my Americans in reserve. Maybe if I can get okay. the time to do the other Shermans and have a Sherman company 
as opposed to my tank destroyers. But who knows? Well, that's interesting because so far we've got uh, Adam actually messaged me before this and said that he was uh, he wanted to he wanted in. So I think uh, Adam's going to turn up, um, but he wants to play Italians. Does he got Italians, Ben? No, he's got he's got one he's got one uh, platoon because I talked him into buying it. Okay, I wonder, I wonder if he enjoyed painting it so much now doing an Italian army. He was talking about. Uh, hold on, let me find it. He was talking about. I don't know if he's just pulling the chain. Yeah, Italian tanks and Soviet cars. So I was wondering if it's like, um, you know. Oh. So uh, his, uh, his German Panzer army has a platoon of Italian tanks and he's using the card for the captured Soviet Yeah, the BA-10s. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So I think that's right. what he means. I don't, think, I don't think he's planning on doing a whole army of them. He's a bit busy with say, other projects at the moment. That would be crazy because I was going to say I didn't think he had them. But yeah, we got um, we got a lot of Germans so far, I'm not going to lie. There's uh, Italians... Um, Germans, 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 Romanians. <laughs> we we mainly <laughs> and one Brit. So what you're I'm trying to say is I, Brit. I, So what are you trying to say is I should do my uh, my Soviet uh, naval infantry instead of Romanians? No, not necessarily. We, we'll make it work. I'm sure. Just deep I don't mind. Call. I don't mind. I don't mind. Oh, in all fairness, my my Romanian tank army is about twelve models because the the tanks are so expensive. Are they <laughs> expensive, Ben? Does anyone yeah, else pick up expensive. Are they expensive? Does, does yeah, anyone else think they're expensive? Yeah, expensive. That's, that's, see, that's the version 4 change right there. They've never been expensive yeah. before. Well, no. actually, I actually think the tanks are more expensive than they used to be. And I actually think like, I don't know if that's a detriment in some respects. I don't know. I've got this horrible thing. AT guns might be a little bit too cheap and tanks might be a little bit too expensive. Welcome like, to the wonderful world of playing Germans. Looking here, yeah. Pan, so Panzer Fours and Pack Forties. Wait a minute. Anyway, so yeah, it's um, a good spread. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll report back. Watch this space. So just double check. Twenty first of October in yes. Crawley. Details yes. are on Facebook. Facebook uh, under the Crawley War Games Club. Uh, if you search for that, they're, I think we're the only ones that come up. Or you can just go to the website. Um, which is crawleywargamesclub.org and the rules packs there. Um, if people are interested, yeah, message us there or they can drop a line to shoot and scoot podcast at gmail.com. And of course, cool. there'll be a link on the actual um, post we put up for this podcast as well. So. Cool. And yes. it's 88 points. 88 points, yes, because that's the same as warfare. So yes. if people need it for a warfare warm up, warfare warm up, um, yeah, they can do as well. Try some we things do. out. Which if you're interested, that's Reading in November. Tickets are actually quite sparse for that one now, I believe. I think they might be sold out. I've got mine. Oh, I hope they're not sold out. I've not bought my one yet. Well, you better... Oh. They posted up saying that the only tickets they'd left were the tournaments. I didn't see War, uh, Planes of War on that list. I bought one yesterday. Ooh. Oh, Ben. Looks like I might not be going. That's right. <laughs> Less brownie points used up. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> What's happened to you, Davey? You've changed. You used to be. Really <laughs> Where's Ben? I didn't have to ask any question Ben would know. Um, okay. Oh, cool. I'm just looking on the website now. If it has, I better buy my ticket. Um, <laughs> Side track. Hold, hold it, please, caller. Yeah. Whilst Ben does that, Black Panther. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the, oh, the price went up today, didn't it? Uh, yeah. Black Panther, fun fact. Oh, yeah, go for it. This is a bit of a late one because I'm running out. Uh, the Pack 42 gun upgrade for the Panzer 470 made the tank so front heavy 
who struggled in rough terrain, leading it to leading to it getting the nickname Gadarian's Duck. Pretty sure you've used that one already. No, you, you used it. It's not been an oh, official yeah. flat pack of fun facts. Okay. Like I said, there's only so much you can say about a pattern for seventy. You're saying we're like six episodes in and, and you're running dry. No, I'm just I'm just having it's like that mid season lull where like they just extend some of the simple plot lines and nothing really <laughs> happens. I'm gonna wrap it all together at the end with some really re- rare, obscure stuff. Honestly. <laughs> right, there's one t- there's one ticket left. Was. Was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, 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 no, that's not what. Oh, well. I'm telling you, I must be putting wrong. Never mind. Um, okay. Great, great radio here. Great, great radio. radio. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to a man type. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I do need to go. So, first, you want to do the outro? The armored train wreck of a podcast you've been listening to was Shoot and Scoot. Which we haven't done yet, so we should probably do that. Who's got a dice? <laughs> oh yes, I have it. I am. Um... Uh, what what stat are we? Uh, let's be trained today. So four plus. There's a six. Hey! Oh, two in a row. On target. <laughs> <laughs> then we fail the cross check and get stuck in the woods. The... <laughs> <laughs> the armoured train wreck of a podcast you've been listening to was Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of World podcast from the team at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk and was brought to you by support for Battlefield Hobbies, the letter M, the numbers 113 and the hashtag StoodLife.